over the world at least once a year from Christian uh, Alliance for Orphans and just trying to make people aware of uh, how the church and Christians and people all over the world can help with fostering and adopting. So with the video you just saw was a montage of different uh, families getting their adoptive kid for the first time, sometimes actually in the courtroom as you saw a judge wiping some tears away, but it's a very emotional and happy moment for those families and those kids, and so we're going to bring that to our attention this morning in our worship service. We're glad you're here. Hopefully you got a bulletin when you came in this morning, and I hope you'll look at that, and in that bulletin's information about the church, things that are going on, but also there's a little tear-off card on the outside, and we'd like to get your information, especially if this is your first time with us as a guest, we'd like to get your information. There's a spot there where you can reserve a, a dinner reservation for our Wednesday night program. You can do that. And also on the back of that card is a place to uh, list your praises and prayer requests. And our staff does look at that every Monday morning. And we specifically pray for whatever you ask us to or thank God for your praise. So please put that. And a little later in the service when the offering tray comes around, you can drop that in there. Or if you'd rather do that via your phone, we have a way to do that. That'll be up on the screen in just a minute. You can text certain things um, to a certain number and we'll be able to get your information as well. There it is. All right. So you can text that and get more information about different areas. So this morning we're excited. One of our elders, Dr. Mark Andrews, is going to be with us and uh, explaining a little bit about his new ministry, Adoptive Family Resources. He'll be talking a little bit later in the service. And also we have Bianca Arnold from Christian City. He's going to be sharing with us about Crossroads Adoptive Services started there at Christian City. So they'll be a little bit later in our service. So we're glad that they're here. And you're also going to hear from a couple of our own family that have their adoptive story. And you will recognize those folks and hopefully be encouraged by their story. So we're really looking forward to that. So I'm going to have a prayer and then the band's going to lead us in worship. Let's pray. God, thank you for this day where we remember um, and try to focus on uh, adoption and fostering and, and how important that is in the world for uh, kids who need a loving, supportive, uh, and safe environment, Father. So help us as we go through that to have an open heart. And Father, speak to us. And Father, thank you for those who will be sharing with us in music today, those who will be sharing their stories today. And we just pray that you'll open all of our hearts this morning and our minds to hear what you have to say to us. Remove distractions, Father, things that are stressing us or making us anxious. And help us just to hear your voice. And allow your spirit to speak to us and give us encouragement and hope today. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand and sing this morning.
y'all know that uh, we teach the gym class on Sunday afternoons around 4.30. Just saying, if you're Ooh. interested in joining us. Uh, <laughs> um, here, here's the picture. We can walk into that gym at any point on Sunday afternoons at 4.30 and look up at the board and go, wow, that's a really good workout, and not apply it. What's going to happen? You're going to get fat. Get fat. Wow. You know, uh, nothing's going to happen. No change whatsoever. You'll walk out and go, you know, that, that looked like a good workout, but it ain't me. Yeah. So as we do this today, as we, as we, as we sing these songs, as we, as we engage in singing them, more importantly, having an understanding of what we're singing. I'm a child of God. Think about that for a minute. God Almighty who breathed the stars into existence. The same God who sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes, accepts, and applies what, what, who and what he is, what he has to offer. That's when the change takes place. So as we sing this next song, um, I, want you, I want you to be a little interactive. Ashley, give us some, some kick. Uh-oh. Y'all can stomp it. You hear this click. Stomp it time. There might be some Baptists in here. And here we go clapping. You got to clap on two and four. Two. Four. Keep that going. I can't do the Why you ever chose me? It's always been a mystery. All my life I've been told I was born at the end of life. With all the other not quite, with all the never get it right. But it turns out that the ones you were looking for all this time. Cause I'm just nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody save my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you came my heart song. The moral of the story is Everybody got a purpose So when I hear that devil Stop talking to me Say who do you think you are So I just nobody Try to tell everybody All about somebody Save my soul Ever since you rescued me In my heart a song Nobody but Jesus. Sing it again. For the world to see. Nobody but Jesus. So let me go down, down, down in history. As another blood-bought, faithful member of a family. And if they all forget my name, that's all right with me. So let me go down, down, down in history. As 
for Orphan and Stand Sunday. I'm just going to kind of walk you all through what we're going to do during this next few uh, minutes here. Um, uh, one of our uh, members here, Michael Andrews, has uh, grew up in our church. He's going to tell his story on video in just a minute. Mark and Lisa Andrews' son and uh, Sarah's brother. And he's going to tell you his story. He's got a great story of, of adoption. Then after that, uh, one of our elders, Dr. Mark Andrews, is going to come and share with us a little bit about his new ministry, Adoptive Family Resources. And uh, then after that, you're going to see another video of the, the Moore family. A lot of y'all know uh, Jeff and Alicia and Dalton, and they're going to tell their story on video. And after that, uh, Bianca Arnold's going to come and talk to us about uh, Christian City and the Crossroads ministry there as well, and then I'll kind of wrap things up at the end. So uh, y'all, listen carefully. These are great stories that you need to know about and need to hear. So let's watch these. My name is Michael Andrews. I'm 32 years old, and this is my story. Well, I was seven on my seventh birthday. I got adopted from an orphanage in India called BSSK. We played kickball on the roof of a hotel that day before we went to the airport, and um, airport it was fun exciting seeing new things and um, going the wrong way on the escalator it was just a lot of fun moments and memories when I was in India I had no idea when I was going to be adopted or what was going to happen I had friends that were being adopted left and right before me weeks before me and I was trying to figure out what was going on and people were just disappearing and um, I figured that they were getting adopted or going to some families, but something good was happening to them until I found out that it was my turn and uh, it was time for me to leave the orphanage. And it was exciting and it was sad for the people that worked there and uh, it was big changes and uh, change was good. And um, when I got adopted, it was just, it was, it was fun. It was amazing. And uh, when I came to the U.S. when I turned seven, it was a big experience and did not know what, what, what was going on and did not know what was going on with these people I'd never seen before but I was enjoying life and I did what I could to have fun and I was more than happy to be with them. Couldn't be happier than being with them. Best parents I could ever have. As I got older when I was in school, I had friends and people asked me why are my parents different colors than what I am? And I told them I got adopted, and a lot of people didn't know what that is, and some that 
knew what that was. They understood what I was saying. But I always got looks and just questions all the time about my races and why am I with them or why, why are they with me? The family that adopted me, it's the best thing for me. And it's in God's hands. And I knew that everything was going to be okay more than anything. And I just went in God's faith and just kept living day by day and doing what my parents told me to do. I knew that it was through God. It's through Him is the reason why I'm alive still. Because who knows where I would be right now if it wasn't for them and God working through them. As I got older, I understood that it was hard for me, but it was hard for my parents as well. Because a lot of people would ask me, what, I, what am I doing with them? But as, as I got older, I put myself in their shoes and realized that it was also hard for them because they're a different race than I was. And, uh, but they just lived in God's faith and did what He said and everything worked out in His, in His, in God's hands and uh, just do whatever God wants you to do and everything's going to happen for a reason. Growing up with my sister Sarah Andrews, it definitely helped me out a lot because me and her, we could talk about things that would help each other out because she was my sibling and uh, it really did help us grow with each other. When, whenever we're having a hard time with, with our parents, because that does happen back and forth. And, uh, but just being with having a sibling and being from the same country and she's adopted as well, they really helped out. So if you do think about adopting more than one child, it does help out for them as well. I was in the Marines in 2008 to 2012, and it's, it's an experiment that I wanted to do for myself. And it was a little bit of a challenge, but it's something different that I want to do something out of the ordinary. It was challenging, definitely, because I'm from another country and being in the U.S. Marines, it was definitely a challenge. Got definitely looks from everybody as well. But I ignored all that, just did whatever my, what I had to do to keep going in the Marines and finishing boot camp and just running all the time and shooting on the range. But uh, being in the Marines was a growing experience, just uh, being a person and being an adult and learning from others and just being myself. And it was, it was amazing. It's a great adoption story and every adoption story is amazing how it folds and how it starts from the beginning. And it's all in God, God's hands. And if anybody has any questions, they can ask my parents, ask me, I'll, I'll be there for anybody. And if you want to ask me questions, call my phone or come to our house. We're more than welcome to. And um, if, Y'all want to adopt? Just let me know. Well, how many of y'all in here remember that guy when he was a little guy about 25 years ago up at the East Point location running around the gym bouncing balls off the walls? You know, I think I see several, several hands here. Um, a lot of water has gone under the bridge uh, since then in the, in the 25 years since Michael has been our son. And I was thinking it was a little bit hard to hear there, but you heard him talking about walking up the down escalator. And uh, right after we adopted him, I'll tell you this story as an aside. Um, we were flying from uh, Mumbai, India through Heathrow Airport to get back to Atlanta. This was back in June of uh, 94. And... Uh, Man, we almost lost them on the first day we had them. Uh, you know, we're walking through the airport with all this luggage, and there's a crowd there, and where'd he go? And Lisa will tell you, we've asked that many, many times over the years about where'd he go, because he was always running and hiding and scaring us and all that kind of stuff. But uh, here he is, running down. Was it running up the down escalator? Yeah, he was running up the down escalator, just cackling like a hyena, because he'd never seen an escalator before. But that is, you know, if you know Michael, you know that is his spirit. Just, you know, doing funny things, making people laugh. And you could see that uh, in his eyes. And we're so proud of him and Sarah both. We adopted Sarah in 1999. Uh, she's now 24. She lives up in Jonesboro and works up at the Chick-fil-A, up at the uh, child care center up there. And uh, we're so proud of him. But I'm here to share a little bit with you about uh, adoptive family resources, and we'll put that up on the screen here in a minute, some information. And starting, uh, I just call it AFR for short, but, but my real passion for starting this began with our two children. 
the passion and the experience of being an adoptive parent for the past 25 years and the gift that our kids have been to us and to see that there are so many other children um, in this country as well as other countries um, who need parents. And uh, the focus of Adoptive Family Resources, we are not an adoption agency, but it is an effort to support adoptive families, particularly um, adoptive parents, both domestic and international parents, as well as foster parents, um, in their process of raising their children. Uh, as Michael alluded here, there's a lot of challenges. There's a lot of challenges in being a parent, period. <laughs> uh, but there are some unique challenges in being an adoptive parent, especially if your child is from a different culture or if they've been bounced around a lot of different foster homes, as many, as them, as many of them have before they come into adoption. Uh, there's a lot of challenges with, as Michael alluded to, grief and loss or attachment or health issues or multicultural issues. So the purpose of adoptive family resources through a variety of avenues, through post-adoptive education, pre-adoptive education and support, uh, writing, I'm in the very slow process of writing a book right now, also doing what I call coaching, which is meeting with adoptive parents maybe two or three times if they're going through some difficulty um, to help them find the right route to refer them to a counselor, maybe to a psychologist for to get some testing done for their child or whatnot. But it's just a, a resource for adoptive parents, both domestic and international, uh, to support them ongoing. And, and, and as is true with any parenting, it's a lifelong, it's a lifelong process. Uh, but again, especially true with the uniqueness of being an adoptive or a foster parent. Um, specific, special challenges that come with that. Um, right now, um, I've really been blessed to be doing a couple things, been able to have done a couple things on a national level. I was selected to speak at the National Adoption Conference, which was held in Atlanta this past June. Uh, I'm currently working on a long-range research project for the Christian Alliance for Orphans, which, which sponsors uh, Orphan Stand Sunday. They're based up in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, we're currently doing two support groups. We do a monthly support group for adoptive parents here at the church. It's on the fourth Wednesday of each month. We won't resume that till January because of the holidays, but even foster parents are invited to that. It's at 645 on the fourth Wednesday. Uh, Lisa and I also lead a uh, parent, adoptive parent support group at the Chick-fil-A Support Center at their corporate headquarters uh, for adoptive parents there. And we've had a great response. Uh, up at the support center there. Um, we are now working on becoming uh, fully nonprofit. We are incorporated, and I say we because it's more than just me. Um, I include Lisa in this, and I include our just recently selected board members. We just had our first get-together last night, and two of, our th two of our five wonderful board members are here today. Shoot your hand up. Julie Yoakum is over here. Shoot your hand up or stand up or whatever. Melanie Kingston. Uh, um, is, is here, uh, as well as some of you may remember um, Marlon Fife, who was in the praise worship team when we used to worship up at, um, up at uh, Palmetto Baptist Church. Marlon is also a member um, of our board, and so I'm very excited um, about that. So if you'd like to hear more, um, I have a little table set up, the one with the red tablecloth out on the foyer. I've got some information. Uh, I also send out a monthly uh, prayer partners e-newsletter. There are, I know a number of you in here who are my prayer partners who pray for this uh, effort, Adoptive Family Resources. So if you'd like to sign up uh, to receive a, a monthly e-newsletter about updates on that, I've also got some brochures and some information on that too. So that's just a little bit about Adoptive Family Resources, and uh, just feel free to come talk to me and Lisa if you'd like to know more. Appreciate it. services with the plan to foster to adopt and so we went through foster parent training and had um, our first placement that we would hope would be an adoption and that didn't work out and then there were more placements and more placements and more placements and um, we foster parented children that were anywhere from four months old up to 13 years old over 
a total combined of six years. Could this, with the foster parent and the home too, with so many different kids, different issues with fetal alcohol, attention deficit, different things that are all leading up to, looking back, the things that we needed instead of just uh, you know, wasting time, we were actually building up to what was to come in the fall. The summer of 2001, well, I heard God's voice, and I didn't think I was crazy in hearing voices, but um, every morning as I woke up, I heard, you need to get your house ready, a child is coming. Uh, so I told him what I had been hearing, and I said, so I feel like our child is coming and we need to get our house ready. And so let's get those dirty projects out of the way before John comes into the house. And so that's what I thought the message was. And then, um, I don't know if it was a month or two later, I started a, a Bible study class at the church that we were um, attending. And um, a friend asked me to lunch uh, one day after the Bible study class and as we sat down to lunch she said I'm supposed to tell you something she put her hands out and they were shaking as she grabbed my hands and she said God has told me to tell you that you to get your house ready the child is coming she said um, your child is going to come quickly through nothing that you pursue it will be a male child it will be obvious that God's hands are all over the process, and he's going to grow up to be a spiritual leader to his generation. It was shocking to hear that, and a little scary to, wow, what, you know, what is this about? And we were working on our house, and it was maybe two weeks later, and I woke up, uh, and I said, I'm, I'm laying in bed. Again, I knew the voice. Well, I told you. And I had someone else tell you, but you didn't get it. I'm not talking about your house. I'm talking about your house for me. Um, get your hearts ready. Be involved in church. Be involved in Bible study. Grow your faith. You just didn't know how much we were going to need it. <laughs> um, and so we still had anticipation of something happening quickly. Um, and it didn't. We started looking at international adoption. So with the international adoption, um, being uh, Alicia was telling me, you know, well, you know, we don't need to do this. We're going to get a child. You know, it's going to be nothing done. I said, yeah, but we've still got to do stuff. That's just coming from my, I guess, type A or controlling personality. So I've got to have something. I've got to be able to do this. I've got to do this. So, so going five months down the road, and uh, we thought we haven't heard anything. So we called the counselor and said, oh my gosh, this is her first, first attempt that she'd done by herself on the international adoption and she failed to file the INS paperwork. So about two weeks later, I guess, uh, we get a call from the caseworker for the children we worked with for the weekend foster parent. And she said, uh, I have a set of grandparents that have a uh, little baby boy that they want to see if someone would be interested in adopting. So they're gonna to try to get custody from the mom. And I said, oh, yes, I would definitely be interested in her. She said, it's a baby boy. He's almost a year old. She said, but there are some issues. Um, he can't sit up and um, he doesn't crawl. And there's, there's gonna be issues. Would you still be interested? And I said, yes, uh, we would be interested. And she said, well, mom's not on board with giving up custody at this time. And grandmother is concerned for his care and is hoping that that will happen. And so she thought if she knew of someone definitely that was interested, she could approach her daughter. And the next month in August, um, I'm heading out the door to a, uh, obviously working with fifth and sixth graders at our church. And we were having a pool party and I'm walking out the door with an armful of stuff and my phone rings. And it's the lady, uh, who was a caseworker for the three children that we had weekend foster parented, and she said, um, you must be doing some praying. And I said, why, what's happened? And she said, well, Grandma has called me, and she has the little boy. Um, 
birth mom was arrested. She was drunk and three times illegal and then leaving in and out of traffic with him in a strip club. And police car happened to be in the area and saw him. So um, they called grandparents and the grandparents had him in. And so we wanted to give this update and said they were thinking that she's going to surrender rights rather than have to go through feedbacks and home and you know drug tests or whatever all the paperwork required for feedbacks so then in September uh, just a couple of weeks later we were told that both she and the father had signed a waiver release we had to wait 30 days they had 30 days to change their mind and at the end of that 30 days we got the call that no that we could we were good to go and that was so quick and so easy we went from a phone call in july to it was a maybe phone call to a maybe phone call in august to he was ours in december it was the best christmas present we ever got he's such a blessing he's happy and joyful he loves everyone um as Many of you out there sitting in the audience today will know because you've had some kisses from him every Sunday. A lot of it was from what we had done with foster parenting, helped so much to prepare them. You know, so we had to look at the kids. As we were going through all this, we were trying to control it. And it was God's plans for him to be ours. <clears throat> yeah, that's our timetable, not our timetable. It took almost 11 yeah, and we talked about when the INS paperwork was done there in June, but the day that he came, the INS approval paperwork came the same day. So it was, you know. We were praying about that and, and just yeah. for God's direction as to what are we supposed we, to do. We basically said, okay, put your hands up first. And yes. And he made it to the house midday that day, and the mail came later that afternoon. So God's so. plan. God's plan is in the God's perfect timing. Absolutely. Anything you want to say? I just want to say that I'm very blessed to have parents like I do now. And I would never, ever trade them in for any other parents. Morning. Um, so my name is Bianca Arnold, as they mentioned. I am here from Crossroad Program. It's the newest program launched uh, by Christian City. We're just up the road in Union City, and many of you probably heard of Christian City before. This church has been involved with Christian City from the very beginning. So um, you know the background with that, but I'm here to talk a little bit about Crossroads, um, what we do, some of the things that we offer, and the most important thing I'm going to talk about today is um, the need, um, the importance of fostering, adopting, supporting those around you who may be fostering, adopting. Um, currently in the United States, there are over 400,000 children in foster care. So if for me, when I hear statistics and people throw numbers at me, sometimes it's a little hard to conceptualize. It's hard to um, make that a make others understand or make me kind of understand what that means but here in Georgia if we want to bring it home a little bit there are over 13,000 children currently in foster care so that number's gone down in the past few years um, and what Crossroads was launched for was in an effort to try to decrease that number even more so that's what we do um, the children that we support the children that we're getting foster homes for are all children who are currently in defects custody. Um, we look for, we go out in the community, try to find foster parents, people who are willing to bring these kids in to support them, um, love on them a little bit, show them what a home environment is like. Um, a lot of our children, the goal is reunification with, with their parents. So foster parents are it's such an important role. You really are there to support the children, but also to try to support the families while they get their lives um, on track to be the best parents that they can be as well. So 
Um, if that doesn't, you know, the path doesn't always go that way, and if you do end up having the chance to adopt, that's something that Crossroads tries to support you through. Um, as the Moors were talking about, such a beautiful story they have. Uh, sometimes the process can be sort of tumultuous. Um, you think it's going to be a quick process. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer, and Crossroads is there to support the families throughout that process. We're an advocate. So we go to all of the court proceedings with you. Um, if you have a child who's placed with you and you don't necessarily know the resources that they may need or have access to some of the resources they may need, you have on-call staff 24-7 who's going to go out in the community and find the resources that are going to help that child succeed. Um, talked a little bit about the numbers, but the, the groups of children who need the most help and, and who are the most pervasive in foster care are teens, um, sibling groups, and children with special medical needs. So those are the kids who everybody, everybody loves babies, and that's great. Um, but there are a lot of children who are outside of that age group who, who definitely still need love and, and need the support. So that's what Crossroads is here to do. We're here to help. And um, at the table outside, I can tell you all of the ways that if you're not, you don't feel like you want to foster or adopt, there are tons of ways that you can still support others in your church and in your community who do choose to foster and adopt. Um, and I can tell you all about the ways to do that right outside if you want to come see me. Um, but thank you all for listening. Thank you all for being here. It's super important. And, and for those of you who have fostered or know anybody who's fostered or adopted, um, you can definitely attest to the fact that the main thing that you need is just the love and, and the willingness to learn and the willingness to support any kids that you get placed with. And if you have that, then the rest of it is is. It'll come. We can teach you the rest, but as long as you have that in your heart, that's the most important thing. So thank you, guys. Well, thankful for everybody, and y'all got to hear some great stories, didn't you? Well, I know there's more stories, so what I would like for, um, if, if anybody has a personal adoption story or a foster parent story, would you just hold your hand up right now in this audience? Just raise your hands high, don't be shy, anybody. Y'all see some of these folks with their hands up. These are people you need to talk to, and they have a great story, and they, as uh, Mark talked about, as um, Bianca just talked about, that word advocate is very, very important when you're going through that, to have people that can help you through that, because it, uh, it is a process to go through. Um, this is a, an important Sunday, uh, not only, I think, to make us aware as, as a church and as Christians all over the world, is that, you know, uh, Jesus had a brother named James, y'all may have heard of him, he has a letter in the Bible called James, it's a very practical, it's a great book. And he talks about this in his letter. He says, religion that is pure is to take care of orphans and widows. And James, and throughout his whole letter, talks about we can't just say we have faith in God. We can't just say we have faith in Jesus. But people want to see it in our actions on a daily basis. We have to do things. And when we see needs, we have to do something about it. And that's exactly what James was talking about. And that, that message is throughout the... Uh, the whole New Testament in the first century, early Christians did something about foster kids and orphans. And I'll talk a little bit more uh, about that in a minute. But this is also important to me on a, on a personal level. Um, uh, my wife, Melanie, has a passion for fostering and, and adoption. And uh, when I married her, I was dating her, and there were all these kids at her house. And I went to visit her, and I was like, who are all these kids? I know they're not. She said, oh, they're foster kids. And I was like, oh, I never even thought about that. I was in college, and I knew about Christian City. I had uh, kids from Christian City that were in my youth group at Southwest Christian Church growing up, and uh, I went out to see them, and they came to our house. And, but I never thought about opening your own home to, to a kid who needed help. I never thought about that. But Melanie's parents have done that for years. I think they've uh, fostered, uh, I think, close to 300 uh, kids over the years. They're in their 60s right now, and they have a four-month-old right now that they are fostering. And they have a passion, so uh, I learned a lot about that from them and, and from my wife. And so Melanie and I have been foster parents for um, 20 years, and we also, uh, in the last few years, have adopted a little girl, Leah, and Leah is six years old today. I believe we adopted her when she was two and a half or three. It's hard to believe that's gone by so fast. But I want to thank you as a congregation. Y'all have been supportive of us through all of that and, and appreciate that so much. So on a personal level, that's certainly important. But people are important, aren't they? 
God tells us, you know, the two greatest commandments to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We're supposed to love people, and we all start as little people, don't we? We all start as babies, and we gradually grow up from babies and little people to be big people. And people have no control whatsoever when you're born. You have no control over how you're born or where you're born or to whom you're born to. We have no control over that. Other people make decisions. Other people make choices and bring kids into the world. And sometimes it's not the greatest of situations. But whether you're a believer in God or Jesus Christ here today or someone who's maybe in the process of developing uh, your faith about all of that, I think that we would all agree on this, that all people who are born, wherever they're born, whenever they're born, or however they're born, should have a supportive and loving family and a safe place to be able to grow up in. Wouldn't we all agree with that? That's absolutely important. And that's why this fostering adoption issue is so important. But we know that doesn't always happen. A lot of kids are born into, a lot of babies are born into some very dysfunctional and dangerous situations through no fault of their own. And they get born into these situations and environments, and many times they're not loving, they're not supportive, and they're certainly not safe in a lot of times. And that's where DFACS has to come in and remove those kids from the families because of neglect or abuse or both uh, things that are going on. Yet these little babies, these young kids still have hopes and dreams, and they love their families, and they want to move toward being a big person but they're having some, some issues. And what we also know is, is that without that supportive and loving and safe environment, they have a hard time becoming a big person, a healthy big person. And a lot of times when they do become a big person, a lot of that that went on in their background has effects, doesn't it, as a, as a big person. And so when we can get these kids into a loving and safe and supportive home, we can take care of a lot of that, not only you know, right here and now, but also for the future as well. But throughout history, there's been kids who have been who have lost their parents through some tragic situations and circumstances. There have been parents and families who have neglected and abused their kids throughout history or abandoned their children. And in all parts of history, not only now, but we read it throughout history, um, in all parts of the world, there have been people who have stepped up and said, that's not right. That poor kid, that baby, that group of kids should not be in that situation. And I want to do something about it. I want to help them. I want to help them to have a safe and loving. And they've stepped up and they've provided these children with a supportive family, a loving family, and a safe place to stay till they can reunite them, hopefully, with their own families. And those children were and are better for those people and those families that stepped up. And those who stepped up were and are better for it because they stepped up and allowed God to use them in a very powerful way. And I believe God never intended for any person to grow up without that supporting, loving, and safe place. But we know that it happens, unfortunately. And the adoption and fostering process allows all involved to understand, I really believe this, y'all, they understand firsthand and in a real way the redemptive love that God talks about throughout the whole Old and New Testament. That weaves a message from the very beginning in Genesis to the very end in Revelation. We see that redemptive love of Christ. And when, and when those who go through that process, they understand that, I think, better than anybody. God takes us in the midst of our situation that a lot of times is, is unsafe, is unloving and unsupportive. And God calls us to be one of his children, not just temporarily, but forever to be a part of his family in a loving and safe and supportive environment. And I believe with all my heart that foster and adoptive parents understand that. Foster and adoptive kids understand that redeeming love of God and who God is probably better than those who have not been through that because of their experiences. Well, the New Testament talks about references within their letters. Paul mentions the word adoption many times in his letters when he's writing to early Christ followers in that first century. And we know in, in those letters he addresses uh, his own race, the Jews, a lot, but he also addresses Gentiles. And we also know that this was a very dominated Roman culture, their laws and their culture dominated the society of that time. And so when we read a little bit of that in history, the Jews didn't seem to have a process for adoption like the Romans did, but the Jews had laws for it. They had laws for everything, didn't they? 
And they had laws. And basically, you can read about this in Leviticus and some of the first five books of the Bible. They had what was called the liberate. And it basically stated if a man dies and he doesn't have any children, that his wife is to marry the man's brother, and then her eldest son would be counted as the child of the dead man and carry on his name. But if he did have children uh, of the dead man, his brother automatically became the head of the household. The uncle would become their father. So they already had in their law say, hey, this is going to happen. Kids are going to lose their parents, but the family's supposed to step up and take these kids and raise them. And that's kind of how they did. But the Romans had a different process. They actually had an adoption process in, in, uh, that we read about uh, during that time. The process is a clue to why Paul referred to adoption so many times in his letters, in his writings. But the, the Romans understood that when a child is born, you get what you get. You don't get to choose their gender. You don't get to choose whether they have this birthmark on that arm or this leg or if they have any kind of problems or, or health issues or anything. You don't get to choose. You just get what you get. So uh, uh, according to the Roman law, you could actually disown a naturally born baby. If you didn't like the gender of the baby, if you didn't like where that birthmark was, if you didn't like that they had some physical or emotional issues, you could disown that baby and abandon that baby. However, those who adopted a child knew what they were getting, and no one adopted a child unless that specific child was wanted as a family member. Now think about this for a minute. You heard that under Roman law, a child that was born to you that seemed unacceptable to you, you didn't have to take that kid. You could abandon that kid. Well, what happened, y'all, in that first century is, is these people who were called Christians or Jesus followers were noticing that this was part of the Roman law, and people were abandoning babies. And instead of letting those babies just be abandoned like that, Christians were stepping up and they were saying, this baby should have a loving and supportive and a home to live in where it's safe. And we ought to do something about that. So they were taking these babies in. And the rest of the Roman world's going, what is it with these Christian people? Why would they take a baby that no one else wanted, the family didn't want, and make them a family member of their own? It made a huge impression on the first century people that even though these Christians were being persecuted and were having to flee, they were taking in these babies and adopting them and fostering them and taking care of them. So it made a huge impression. So as we read the New Testament, according to Roman law, but which was interesting, is that an adopted child could not be disowned according to the law. Isn't that interesting? And that child was permanently added to the family. They had a new identity, and uh, prior to any commitments they had, any responsibilities they had, or any debts they had, those would all be erased because now they had a new identity and a new family. And the model of inheritance was not something that began at the death of the father or the mother. It began right then. And it says, uh, an adopted child was made a full heir of that family, completely united to their father and mother, and shared all of their possessions starting from the time of the adoption. So in reality, an adopted child had a stronger position than the child by birth. Isn't that interesting? So when I, when I hear that, and I know that background, and whether that's interesting to you or not, it makes sense why Paul used that word adoption in his letters, because he's talking to Jewish people, but he's also talking to Gentile people who felt alienated from God. And now when he, they hear this word adoption and how they could be brought into God's family permanently, it resonated with so many people in that culture, and it still does today. Listen to what Paul says to the Romans as he wrote to them. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And that message resonated with those in Rome. And then over in Galatians, his letter to those early Christians. But when the time, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption as uh, to sonship, because you are his sons, and God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, and the spirit who calls out, 
Abba, Father. Again, this whole image of God, the creator of the universe, is also your Father who loves you and adopts you into His family permanently. And then to the Ephesians, Paul also wrote this, For He chose us in Him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. In love, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will to the praise of His glorious grace which He has freely given us in the one he loves. So Paul made this clear, and again, it resonated with people. And I hope many of you here today heard that, that God says, I want you, I chose you to be part of my family, just as you are. With all the stuff you have, with all your baggage, I know all that. God does know. A foster family, you heard the more saying, hey, this kid's got some issues. Do you still want to take him to go? Yeah, we don't understand all those issues, but we're going to take him anyway. That's an amazing love. But when you think about God says, I know all of Craig's issues. He can be fakey and nice in front of everybody in church, but I know all that other stuff. I know everybody's stuff, and I still choose to adopt you right where you are as my son, as my daughter, and bring you into the family to inherit everything that I have for you for the future. That's the good news of the gospel, isn't it? So this morning, I want to challenge y'all. You may get kind of scared when you think about, I don't know if I could take kids into my own home. I don't know if I could do that. Well, that's maybe not for everybody, but it is for some people, and I, I would encourage you to pray about that. Talk to these people. Go out and talk to Mark. Talk to Bianca. I know, uh, I don't see Mike. I know Mike's in here somewhere. Mike has several adopted grandchildren. Some of y'all have great stories that you could talk to, so find somebody that's been through it and talk to them and let them walk you through that. But even if you say, hey, I don't know that I could adopt a kid or foster, fostering's usually for a short time. I mean, Bianca will tell you, the, the main goal of fostering is to get these kids back with their families, get their moms and dads and get whatever issue was going on to get them educated, to get them on the right track again so that they can, can come back with their families. So maybe you say, hey, I'm just going to provide for a short period of time a loving and safe environment for, for those type of kids just so they can get get back with their families. So there's lots of people um, that we can uh, talk to. Um, uh, Dave and Vicki Rowden, are y'all here today? If you are, raise your hand. Are they here today? I don't think they're here, but there's another foster family we currently have in our in our church that I would love would uh, would encourage you to talk to them. They have a great hearts and they could talk to you more. There's lots of people I'm leaving out, but I want to challenge you to think about that. And even if you couldn't foster or maybe adopt and bring kids into your home, you would be willing to support families that do that and give them encouragement and maybe give them things for their kids that they need because you need advocates as you talked about. That's a very strong word. So we want to encourage you to think about that and pray about that. If you have questions, please talk to Mark out there. He's got a table out there and Bianca, but also some of our foster families that would certainly be willing. And, uh, you know, talk to the Moors, talk to the Andrews. Um, I know the Harmons back there can talk to you. There's lots of families. I'm leaving some folks out, but there's people that would certainly be willing to talk to you about that. It's a great way for us to show our Christianity in a really, uh, really important way. Well, this morning we're going to offer a, a, an invitation this morning. And it's not an invitation for you need to come up here and make a commitment to be a foster parent or an adoptive parent right now. That'd be great if somebody feels like you're ready to do that. But we really want to just say, hey, we want you to, as you heard the gospel message in a very short way, but think about how people talk to the Andrews and, and spoke to their hearts and, and, and to the Moors. Um, that was all a process that, that, that God was speaking to those people. Say, hey, I want you to take care of one of my kids. God could certainly do that on his own, but he chose to use us to take care of his children. So when we hear that gospel message that God wants us to be a part of his family right where we are in all our issues, he takes us like that. That's a, that's a great way to understand who God is and how much he loves us. So this morning as we prepare for communion, we're going to go into a time of communion, but Kevin's going to sing us a song. And if there's somebody here today that says, hey, I want to be adopted into God's family. I hear that, and I want that. We offer that invitation. Or a family uh, saying, hey, I want to join a church family like Southwest. We're certainly not perfect, but God says, hey, we want to bring people into this place called the church that helps the family take care of each other. I think I mentioned in the first service the number of kids. I think you mentioned over uh, 13,000 in Georgia. Guess how many churches there are in Georgia? Over 13,000. And if every church would commit to helping adopt one kid, the foster system would have no more kids in it. Can you imagine that? And what an impact that would have on the rest of the world at how Christians actually act out their faith. So this morning, Kevin's going to lead us. If y'all will stand, and if you have a decision to make this morning, just come forward at this time.